Good evening. My name's Anthony Stander, and I pastor a church called Living Waters Community Fellowship in Tableview in Cape Town. And if you've got nowhere to go, we meet at Lilliput Pre-Primary on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. I'm thankful that I can share with you a message today to help you and encourage you, and it's called Fear Not. And our opening scripture is 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I'd like to encourage the Church of Christ to be bold and strong in the face of many fears in the world at this time. God did not give us armor, a sword and a shield to be absent from the front lines of the great war being waged for the souls of men. We need to overcome our fear as believers and take our place in this world today as men and women of God who make a difference. Unafraid, unashamed, unbroken and strong. That's what Christians should be at this time. Every Christian ought to be ready to stand up courageously for the Lord. How inconsistent that a person redeemed by the blood of Christ, experiencing saving power, should cower before an unbelieving world. We need to overcome our fear and to have the fire of revival burning in our hearts. Fear is an emotion and a feeling that all men and women must face in this world. Most never overcome this debilitating force. We see disease and uncertainty at the world at this time. In our own country, robin barons are over us and crime is completely out of control and our financial situation has brought us to junk status. What is the good news? Is there any hope? Where can we find peace in such a time? We who are in Christ know the answer. Psalm 121 verse 1 I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. Verse 2, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. I wonder how do people without Christ have hope? Where do they get strength from? Luke 21, 25 says, And there will be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. At this time, we must show a courageous face and attitude as the world crumbles around us. Psalm 91 verse 7 reminds us, A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. We must learn to be brave and help a world falling into hell. Our witness must be brave and courageous, and we must win as many people as we can while there is still time. How are you doing with reaching the lost at any cost? Jude 1.20 says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And unto some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. But how do we who are also broken learn to overcome fear? What is bravery and courage in a world gone mad? It's interesting to read modern writers on the subject of courage, 
because they give you some interesting definitions. For instance, one that is often quoted goes this way. Courage is fear that it says it prays. General George Patton defined it this way. Courage is fear that holds on for one more minute. Franklin P. Jones said it this way. Courage is the ability to, to, let people, to not let people know how scared you are on the inside. Captain A. Riddenbacher put it this way. Courage is doing what you are afraid to do. Where there is no fear, there is no courage. Think about the definition of courage. It's the ability to face and deal with a dangerous or difficult situation. So I ask you, how much courage do you have? It is interesting to think about the images of courage. Most of the popular images of courage have to do with men fighting on the battlefield. It's the soldiers coming ashore at Omaha Beach. It's the Marines landing on Iwo Jima. It's the 300 Spartans at Thermopylae fighting a million men. And it's Horatio holding the bridge alone against an entire army to save Rome. One of my favorite verses, you know, that I, uh, I love to quote over and over again is about Horatius, which comes from the lays of Rome. And one of the verses says, Then outspoke brave Horatius, the captain of the gate, To every man upon this earth death comes sooner or late. And how can a man die better than facing fearful odds for the ashes of his fathers and the temples of his gods? You know, if the unbelievers could believe that, how much more us can we stand for the, the real God, for the true God of the universe? How much more can we be brave for him? Those are the popular images of courage. They have to do with warfare and bloodshed and the crash of armies on the battlefield. I don't deny or doubt in the least that those things are part of what courage is all about. However, if that is all that courage means, most people are left out because most won't ever literally be on a battlefield. What is courage? This is what I think courage is. It is a family dealing with terminal cancer. It's a single mother struggling to raise her family. It's a widow who faces the last years of her life without a beloved husband by her side. It is a child of divorce, struggling with his self-image, with doubt and anger and feelings of rejection. It is a single person who chooses purity over promiscuity. It is an engaged couple who wait even though the world says go ahead. It's an employee who sees something wrong, greed or corruption, and has the courage to blow the whistle. It is a mother facing a difficult surgery. It is all these mothers I see all around us having the courage to go on when the men have left them all alone. It's a mother whose husband is abusive and she has the courage to leave against great odds for the protection of her children and go into a world with everything against her. A local church in our area did a survey of, of all the houses that were around the church. And they found that 75% of those houses were single women bringing up their children alone, the men having left. So what do those things have in common? Four things. Number one, bravery in the face of danger. Two, steadfastness in the face of opposition. Three, action in the face of resistance. Four, optimism in the face of despair. The first one says, I won't be afraid. The second one says, I won't give up. The third one says, I won't be intimidated. And the fourth one says, I won't lose heart. 
It's amazing how much the Bible has to say on this subject. But the most important thing concerning fear is this. Luke 12 verse 4. And I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do. But I will show you whom you shall fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. So we are to fear God alone. Joshua 1.67 says, Be strong and courageous. God says to Joshua, Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Joshua 1.9 says, God says to Joshua, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. There's a familiar passage in Psalm 27, 1-3. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is a stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. And though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. And our opening scripture, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. 1 John 4 verse 18 says, Perfect love drives out fear. You ought to read your Bible sometime and count the number of times God says fear not. The people who count such things have counted the fear nots in the King James Version of the Bible. And they tell us there are 365 fear nots. That is, there's one fear not for every day of the year. I want to give you four steps to dealing with fear. These four steps will help you move from fear to faith, from cowardice to courage. Number one, remember your position. Proverbs 28 verse 1, The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. It's the righteous that are bold, not the wicked. The wicked are scared to death. The first step to courage is to remember who you are in Jesus Christ. To remember that in Christ you are strong, victorious, accepted, justified, redeemed, saved, and completely forgiven. Your sins are washed away. You are seated with the Lord Jesus Christ in the heavenlies. You are justified, therefore you are righteous. You were born for courage, not for fear. 2 Timothy 1.7 tells us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given you a spirit of love, a spirit of power, a spirit of a sound mind. And if you have a spirit of fear, timidity or anxiety, it didn't come from God. God does not give this uh, a spirit of fear to his people. Every Christian ought to be ready to stand up courageously and unashamedly for the Lord. How inconsistent that a person redeemed by the blood of Christ, experiencing saving power, should cower before an unbelieving world. On one occasion, Frederick the Great invited some notable people to his royal table, including his top-ranking generals. One of them, by the name of Hans von Zieten, declined the invitation because he wanted to partake of communion at his church. 
Sometime later at another banquet, Frederick and his guests mocked the general for his religious scruples and made jokes about the Lord's Supper. In great peril of his life, the officer stood to his feet and said respectfully to the monarch, My lord, there is a greater king than you, a king to whom I have sworn an allegiance even unto death. I am a Christian man, and I cannot sit quietly as the Lord's name is dishonored and his character belittled. The guests trembled in silence, knowing that von Zieten might be killed. But to their surprise, Friedrich grasped the hand of this courageous man and asked his forgiveness, and requested that he remained. He promised that he would never again allow such a travesty to be made of sacred things. In ways like this, the gospel is passed from one to another. Brothers and sisters, I say the same thing to you. You were born for courage, for bravery, for strength to be an overcomer. God has given you his spirit. You were not born to be a loser. You were born through Jesus Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit to be victorious over the problems, struggles and trials of life. Number two, confront your fears. Remember the text, the wicked flee when no one's pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. You will be gripped with fear until you decide to confront it. Fear will win every day until you stand up and look that fear straight in the face and say, you're not going to win over me anymore. By the help of God and with the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to win against you. You will never win until you rise up and confront the thing that is dragging you down. Courage is nothing more than seeing the fear and taking action against it. How many of you know the 95% rule of worry? It goes like this. 95% of the things you worry about won't happen. God has given us a sound mind so we can look at our problems. He's given us power to overcome. And he's given us love so we can respond in his character. There's no reason for a child of God to be gripped and destroyed by fear. We know the power of fear in children's lives and, and what kind of effect it, it has on them. I grew up like that as well, and it, it hindered me most of my life. And only when I became a Christian and gave my life to the Lord Jesus Christ did I was I able to overcome this thing in my life. No one would have guessed it was there. I never acted it like it was there, but it was there, a shadow in my life. I remember watching the film on Bruce Lee, and in my day he was the best fighter. But at night in his dreams a demon dressed as a samurai warrior used to attack him and defeat him. And in the end, many believe that's how he died, from a curse. When I saw that film, I knew that demon of fear. And it was as if I could identify with what I was seeing in Bruce Lee's life. And I, I, I recognized that satanic thing, that shadow in my life that had followed me my whole life. And when I was born again, Jesus destroyed the enemy within. And the only fear I have now is to fear God alone. Fear God. Fear the word. Fear nothing. You will have to confront and conquer your fears. You know, I often say to people, if you don't overcome the small things, like if you don't overcome being afraid of a cockroach or being afraid of a dog or cats or some kind of uh, insect, then all the enemy has to do is to dress up like a cockroach and your battle is lost. Or one day you'll be preaching from a pulpit and a cockroach will fall from the ceiling onto your desk and you'll be out the door. We need to confront our fears and conquer them until we only fear God alone. Number three, 
censor your inputs. A healthy mind is absolutely essential to getting free from fear. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. There's a negative side to this and a positive side. The negative side is that you have to cut the negative people out of your life, those who you're dragging you who are dragging you down. You probably have people telling you that it can't and it and it can't be done and it won't work. Pastor Caesar Castellana started a small church in Bogota. It grew to six hundred and fifty thousand people in a drug filled and dangerous city. They threatened the drug trade. A quote from his own church site. On Sunday in May 1997, a motorcycle pulled ahead of Pastor Caesar and his family as they stopped at a red light. The rider drew a machine gun and opened fire on the car. Pastor Caesar took five shots and his wife Claudia was shot once. The children sitting in the back were unhurt. This vicious attack shocked the evangelical world. Yet the fervent prayers that followed this ghastly attack resulted in the glory of God. God healed Pastor Caesar and Claudia, and there isn't any notable sign that Caesar was ever wounded. I saw him up at a conference a couple of years back. It didn't look like anything wrong with him whatsoever. Pastor Caesar's survival is a miracle. The doctors were amazed that the bullet passed through his neck without hitting his voice box or spine, while another shot would have pierced his heart had not his watch deflected it away. That's the official story. But I heard Claudia's wife tell the story at a conference. And she said she would not allow anyone near her who spoke of Caesar dying. She only allowed people with faith to come near her. And she believed against the doctor's prognosis that Caesar would live. She told us that the doctor said if Caesar lives, he would become a Christian. And he did. She would not allow anyone that spoke anything against faith or against his recovery anywhere near her during that hard time. And he recovered, and that doctor became a Christian. Censor your input so you're not listening to people who are feeding your fears. The positive side is Romans 12 verse 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Colossians 3.2 tells us to set our mind on things above, where Christ lives, with God in heaven. Philippians 4 verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Psalm 119 verse 165 says, Great peace have they which love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. This will work for you, but you have to make it work. Put the word of God in one ear and the fear will go out the other. Fill your mind with the word of God and you won't have time to dwell in the depths of overcoming fear. I've learned in all my 36 years in the faith that fear, the emotion, is always a lie. How many times did you fear about something and it never came to pass? The threat of losing everything or the shadow of darkness. Did anything ever happen? No. It was just a shadow, a darkness. The devil's kingdom is ruled by fear. Look at the gangs of the world or the mafia. They are ruled by terrifying fear. It's the devil's kingdom. God will not warn you by the same terrifying feeling of fear. He will tell you not to walk down that dark alley or command you not to do something. 
When we fear God, we fear him as a child who loves their father, who fears to disobey him and suffer the consequences, but still know he loves us. It's not the same thing. Four, cultivate your love. You have to live in such a way as if the fear didn't exist. You can't stop how you're feeling, but you can act as if you have no fear. When we were in the army, we got the command to attack. Now, a battlefield is the noisiest and most frightening place, but we are trained to attack and to obey no matter how we feel. It's the same with faith. Do what God's word tells you to do and worry about how you feel later. So obedience looks like this in God's kingdom. Fact, faith, feeling. Fact, God's word tells us what to do. Faith, we apply what he says to do. Feeling, God changes your feeling when you obey him. In that order. It's always in that order. The fact of God's word is do not fear. We apply our faith to that and we worry about how we feel about it afterwards. 1 John 4 verse 18 says, Perfect love casts out fear. You can either have the love of God or you can have fear generated by Satan, but you can't have them both dominating your life at the same time. Either fear will push the love out or the love of God will push the fear out. So how do you do that? A. Thank God for the thing that is causing you to fear. Have you ever done that, thanking God for the very thing that is causing you trepidation? Lord, I didn't want this. I didn't need this. I'm not sure I deserve this, but I thank you for sending it into my life so I can overcome it. B. List the blessings that have come in your life because of the thing that you fear so badly. Because now all of a sudden you're praying, you're reading your Bible, asking your friends to help you pray. You can't wait to come to church because you're dying during the week. And best of all, at long last, God has got your undivided attention, which is what he wanted all along. C. Go to war against fear in your life. If you do not deal with the fear in your life, it will deal with you. If you remain terrified of cockroaches and all kinds of insects and funny things and refuse to overcome that fear, one day the enemy will use it against you and, and, and cause you to run or be defeated in a terrible situation. The enemy knows your secret fears. God is not angry because we have fears. We are all broken in the world and damaged. But now we are born again and we must become whole so our lives can bring glory to God. Brothers and sisters, this is what courage is. It is facing and dealing with the impossible situations of life and still believing in God, still rejoicing in His goodness. I don't want you to add courage. You already have it. God put it in you the moment you came to Christ. Use the courage God has given you. You already have victory in Jesus Christ. Now live in that victory. You already have power. Use the power God has given you. What is courage? It's facing and dealing with dangerous and difficult situations of life. So this is what I want you to do. Number one, name your fear. You already know what it is. Write it down. Make a decision this week to confront it and not run away from it. What would your life be like if that fear didn't exist? It's possible. There's an old Italian proverb that goes this way. Better to spend one day as a lion than 100 years as a sheep. Better to spend one day with courageous faith in God than a whole lifetime cowering in fear. 3. Go out and the Lord will be with you. Lift up your head with hope and confidence in Almighty God that whatever He throws your way, you can face. 
Take courage, be strong and courageous, for the Lord our God is with you. Fear not, children of God. Many of you recognize the name of, of, of Hudson Taylor, who founded the China Inland Mission 100 years ago. During the terrible days of the Boxer Rebellion, when missionaries had been killed and captured, he went through such an agony of soul that he could not pray. I think he was still sitting in England at that time when all these people were being killed in China that he had sent. Young people, people's parents were contacting him and saying, where's my child? What's going on, you know? What's happening, you know? What have you done? And he went through such an agony of soul that he said he could not pray. Writing in his journal, he summarized his spiritual condition this way. I can't read, I can't think, I can't pray, but I can trust. There's a saying that says, when God wants to drill a man and thrill a man and skill a man, when God wants to mold a man to play the noblest part, when he yearns with all his heart to create so great and bold a man, that all the world shall be amazed, watch his methods, watch his ways, how he ruthlessly perfects whom he royally elects, how he hammers him and hurts him with mighty blows, converts him into trial shapes of clay, which only God understands. While his tortured heart is crying and he lifts beseeching hands, how he bends but never breaks when his good he undertakes, how he uses whom he chooses with every purpose fuses him, by every act induces him to try splendor out. God knows what he's about. There'll be times when we can't read the Bible. Sometimes we won't be able to focus our thoughts on God at all. Often we'll not be even able to pray. But in those moments when we can't do anything else, we can still trust in the loving purposes of our Heavenly Father. Fear not, child of God. No one knows what a day may bring. Who knows if we all make it through this week. But our God is faithful to keep every, every one of His promises. Nothing can happen to us except at first, first pass through the hands of God. If your way is dark, keep on believing. His eyes on the sparrow, and I know He cares for you. Fear God, fear the word, fear nothing. Amen. I want to close in prayer. And if you have a particular prayer, uh, fear in your life at the moment, I want you to hold it in your hand as an act of faith. And I want you to lift it up above your head and say, Lord, I need to be delivered of this thing now in Jesus' name. Help me advance against it. Help me overcome it. Help me learn about it and help me to defeat it in Jesus' name. So, Lord, as we hold this fear that has gripped our lives, Lord, we hold it up in our hands and we put it above our heads. We ask you in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, to deliver us this thing that is in our hand, Lord. Help us to overcome it and crush it in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, you've given us a spirit of power, love and sound mind. We confess that now in Jesus' name. and We shall not allow fear to conquer us anymore in Jesus' name. I thank you for this time and I pray that you will be stronger as you go forward in the things of God. In Jesus' name, amen.